Facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Hi, I'm Lynn McLaughlin. I'm the host of Taking the Helm, and I'm also a consultant helping many people reach that dream of becoming a published author. My last book, Jackson, hit best-selling status on Amazon and Kindle, and it came with a strategy. The problem for so many people is this overwhelming world of publishing is just too much to handle. So you put those thoughts, those ideas, those, that brilliance, those, those life stories aside. Well, Take a look at EssentialAcademy.org, where Tracy Reagan, brilliant content creator, also owns her own publishing company and is an editor. She and I have co-collaborated to create the course called Dare to Write. Trust me, take a look at it. There's something we're going to help you through before you even begin. Now let's meet today's guest. It is my absolute pleasure today to welcome back Margaret Borsma. Margaret was one of the first people we interviewed when Taking the Helm uh, set off back a year ago. And I'm thrilled to have you back with us today, Margaret. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Now, you have done so much in the last year, Margaret, around social emotional learning, but even uh, you've branched out into the corporate world, into educator world, and now you've created a program for parents and guardians. Anyone who's listening and watching as a parent or guardian, are you struggling right now? Because if you are, you are not alone. We all are in some way, shape, or form. So Margaret's going to help us through a lot of these hurdles today and share with us some resources that she's created. I, I can't wait to, to have this conversation with you, Margaret. All right. It's nice just to have a flowing conversation. And I know that I have some tips for parents out there who are really struggling. The parents are so... Um, they're totally with their children 100 in a 24-7. And then they're trying to get their own work done. A lot of them are trying to work from home or they have to make babysitting arrangements somehow. And then they're scared that's, you know, there's still COVID around and schools might close at any moment. And it's just such a time of uncertainty. And what that does to, or potentially to the stress level of a lot of us, it doesn't matter who we are or how resilient we are, it seems. It really is, uh, it can affect us and it can make us lose perspective. Oh, no question about it. And just some research that I've read just in the last week through the Center of Addictions and Mental Health right here in Canada. It's our largest uh, mental health research hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, they started a survey when COVID started and um, the, the levels, I, I encourage everyone to go and take a look at those. The levels of stress and anxiety um, and people struggling with their mental health is through the roof to the point of binge drinking is at an all-time high. And one of the biggest indicators are parents who are home with their children and the level of stress. I mean, I have three adults and one of them moved back home. Mm. Com compared to a single parent with five children at home who's also trying to work, I have no stress. But mm -hmm. it's all around us, isn't it, Margaret? It's all around us and we all have different circumstances but um, the human way of experiencing stress has a lot of similarities and we often feel alone and we need to reach out even if we don't feel like it we need to reach out because misery loves company but there's also support there's also support just in reaching out to a friend or a buddy or you know even being on the uh, Facebook groups um, 
I'm on one that is incredible and, and parents are actually sharing their heart and people are actually responding with some of its very valuable information and I'll give them parents right now some tips as well that could help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just a caution though. I mean, it's wonderful to have a support network. We'll have to have someone to vent to, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of when we're really struggling with our children's behaviors or lack of engagement, and there's lots of reasons for that, mm-hmm. it really is important to speak to someone like you, Margaret, who is a retired educator with so many years involved and dedicated research and exceptional expertise in social and mer- emotional learning, which is really, isn't that the crux? of what we really need right now. Well, everyone is children as well. Let's talk about the struggles of our children, mm-hmm. or, you know? So, so let's start from the beginning. What's, what's one of the first things we should be thinking about? Well, um, there, there are, I, I created a little survey. So, um, and, and this might help um, parents realize, cause sometimes it's, it's hard to realize where we're at. Like, the severity of the stress that we're experiencing right now should be really, should we be really concerned? Should we be seeking some help or not? And sometimes that is even hard to gauge, right? So yes, don't go into your cocoon, you know, reach out and realize that there's commonality to this, but there are people out there who can support you and don't wait until, you know, it's gone way beyond before you actually make time to get the support. So, um, Maybe it would help if I did this little survey. It's a self-assessment survey. And then uh, we can talk about some real strategies. Would that, would that, would yeah, that be a way to go it. forward? Let's go for okay, it. Okay, good. So I'm going to read part of it, if that's okay. Okay. So I, what I have done is I've created a, uh, an assessment where parents can self-select which state they, they think they might be in. And, and it's true that some days or some moments we're in, in you know, better states than in others, but overall, just um, think about the state as an overall. So the first state is a state I call dysfunction. And dysfunction means there's very low potential for connection, like with your students and your, your students, your children and your family. That's the educator and you always there. That is, it's always there. <laughs> and it could be detrimental to general well-being. So that's the state of dysfunction. And here are some observable symptoms that you might recognize. You know you are in this state when your children wake up tired, unable to pay attention, not once in a while, but regularly. When your children lack motivation and they procrastinate. When your children lash out, shouting or hitting, um, or they have meltdowns or they withdraw and they're quiet and you can't get anything out of them. That's also concerning. So basically your children exhibit behaviors of upset and you feel responsible for their emotional wellness, which we are as parents to an extent, but we can teach them strategies so that they can start taking responsibility for their own emotional wellness. The second state is a state I call struggle. And struggle means there's some potential for connection and general well-being. And you know you are in this state when your children do only some of their schoolwork each day, for example. So it's a little better than the first state. Mm. Ask, that, ask you to help them with issues, schoolwork, and relationship issues. So you're, they're not independent at all that way. And get outside um, at least once a day, including physical exertion. Children need that and they need it multiple times a day. But basically in the state of struggle, your children need your help daily with relationship issues and they lack motivation for their schoolwork. 
The third state is a state I call traction. So traction um, means that there's a mediocre potential for connection and your children have a general sense of well-being. And therefore you do too, likely. So you know you're in this state when your children have a project that captures their interests and take initiative working on it. Their eating and sleeping routines are healthy. They're fine with seeing the more human side of you. For example, maybe you're displaying more sadness. And basically things are tolerable with routines and there is a, a constant busyness to keep things going in the household. But then the best, the best um, state, there's a gap actually between the first three states and this best one is, is a state I call thriving. And thriving means there's full potential for connection, like a sense of empowerment and well-being. You know you're in this state when your children use practical tools to manage their own stress and relationships, are curious and excited about their learning, set goals, seek feedback, and self-assess. Basically, your children nurture their own relationships and, and they love learning. So most people find themselves in the first three states and they really want to get to the state of thriving. So that's where the gap is. And what is, what is missing in the gap is the SEL or social and emotional learning wisdom. So that in, in, in business, we often call it EI or um, emotional intelligence. That's what's missing. And it's not to say that parents don't have a degree of emotional intelligence, but this I'm talking about um, specific tools in self-care, mindset and problem solving strategies that, that they can apply right now to heighten their EQ, uh, especially in family dynamics and taking care of themselves. And that's where I come in. That's what I do. Uh, I provide programs to, to uh, support parents in that way with those three things, self-care, mindset, and practical strategies. So what we really want is to keep an empowering context around us. We don't wanna go down that negative slide that negativity slide. And so how do you stay in, in a, a mindset of possibility? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's and, a little survey. Okay, so everyone now knows where they are in that survey. And it, if you're thriving, kudos to you, and you should be in some yeah. of these groups and helping other people who want to get to that level. <laughs> but Margaret, you create a program called Deep Learning at Home. And let's mm -hmm. talk about some, some examples of what that program entails and and maybe some specifics of a strategy or two? Okay, so at the beginning of COVID, um, with our students being at home, I know that a lot of, I knew that a lot of um, parents were responsible now for not just um, being there while the kids are trying to learn online, but also um, having to motivate them and inspire them because that's what we do as in our role as teachers. And I thought, oh, how can I help um, parents and families build cherishing moments together and increase their social and emotional learning, their wisdom that way? And so I created five lessons there. Uh, I called it deep learning at home. And basically they're for families of children, maybe between age three and 12. You could do it with 14 year olds too, but they may not enjoy it as much, but it's an opportunity to do something uh, together and, or at least the discussion part of it together. So 
it's a 20 minute video. Each lesson is a 20 minute video with specific strategies. So one thing we really want to teach children is um, how, what are the emotions? Because, you know, they, they don't even have vocabulary. They throw a temper tantrum and you know what's wrong, but you want to teach them to use their words. So I spend a couple of lessons on building that emotional vocabulary and then, uh, but we do it inside a story. So I have a beautiful picture book that we use. And so it's, it's like an analogy to what happens in real life. And it's safer for the children emotionally to talk about the characters then rather than themselves right away. But once, once that connection is made, then you can start saying, well, how does that, how does this lesson that so-and-so learn, how would that affect us in our family? So I would say three to 12, 14 year olds would be able to enter in these kind of family discussions. And if you need that 20 minutes to get your work done, then you can, you can have the children watch it. And every lesson comes with an affirmation. And I encourage the children at the end of every lesson to go to their parents and tell them the affirmation. Because when, when they do that, you'll know what the lesson was about and you'll be able to have that conversation. So even if you wait until evening to have it, it's important to have it. This helps you create that heart to heart connection that the children need. And even teenagers need, especially teenagers, need that kind of a heart to heart every day with their parents. So I'll just go on a little tangent uh, away from deep learning at home, but mm -hmm. I'm really concerned right now about um, teenagers who are not getting their needs met because they're not with their, their peers. Mm -hmm. And that's the age they really need to be with their peers more than any other age in their lives. They're not doing their sports and their extracurricular activities. And a lot of them are feeling very depressed and parents often don't know and that is the sad thing. So it's important, it's critical to have these heart-to-heart -heart conversations that happen as a result of this series, Deep Learning at Home, but have them with, uh, with your teenagers one-on-one -on -one as well. They may not have watched that, but I'm just saying, you have to check in with them and say, how are you today? How are you feeling right now? What are you thinking right now? And allow them to respond and really connect with them at least once a day. And there is lots of help out there, but if we don't know that our children need it or that we need it in order to help them, then, you know, mm -hmm. bad things happen. So. so so as parents, many of us would expect the typical response, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, leave me alone, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. And that's not good enough. You know, if we're teaching, no. our, our, we're teaching our little ones emotional vocabulary and be able to share how they're feeling, you know, we can model that as parents, right? As hard as, yes. that, as, hard as that is for some of us to share our own emotions, it's a very important part of, of, of understanding and being empathetic and, and really honing in on, are you okay? Or are you going to need some additional help? Yes. Right? And you know what? A lot of times as parents, because we're so busy, especially now we're so busy trying to do everything, um, we tend to, uh, you know, kind of as a side conversation while you're peeling the potatoes, how are you now? That is not going to work. I mean, like you said, teenagers need to know that your invitation is sincere and they have space to say more than one line if they're even willing to say that so and they're not always good at face to face so you know going for a walk with them is great or getting in the car 
is great because then they're sitting side by side and it feels a little bit more distant, but yet they know that you have mm -hmm. their individual attention. So, but it's really, really important to not be doing other things. Just focus on, on that person and allow lots of pause time. You know, you brought up the car and you, I will admit that was a strategy of mine when my, when I, when I felt like I needed to have a conversation because there's nowhere for them to go. <laughs> you might not get very far, but at least you, you have a means, even if it's just to go down to the street and have a coffee and come back. You yeah. got them alone for a period of time without distractions, you know, yeah. possibly they're on their phone, but I mean, it, it is an awesome strategy. Thanks for sharing that one, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's critical. We are parents. We care mostly about our kids. Like we, and what I mean by that is more than our jobs. And yet we spend more time on our jobs and that's all understandable, but we can't lose track of our kids, especially now because they're going through a lot, just like you are as parents mm -hmm. there. And we need to pay attention and put that time aside, no matter what. And, and, and let's talk about it as parents. We've done, we've connected, and we know that our children need help. Um, uh, they need to understand, right, that they have permission at any time. And, and actually, you invite them to call mental health services whenever needed. And we'll put that phone number on at the end of the, po end of the podcast. There are many other resources out there as well. Um, but when your children are uh, rising to the point of being in crisis, we all need to act. Yeah, we need to act. And we need to know when that is. And if we don't have those one-to-ones, we won't know. So the deep learning at home is a lot about uh, for younger children, not the teenagers that I just um, was talking about, but um, for them too, I think it's important to put the kids' helpline on the fridge and give them permission to use it whenever they want. They may not feel comfortable talking to their parents about it, and that is okay. They can be resourceful in getting, in, in getting some of the help that they need. Mm -hmm. It's not instead of having those conversations with parents, however. And those kids' helplines, some of them now have texting as well. So, you know, for someone to make that first step, it's, it's huge. I mean, I've experienced it myself with one of my own children. It's a huge first step to take. Sometimes mm -hmm. sending a text message to take that first step might be easier. True. That's a good point. <laughs> so other, other lessons in deep learning at home involve things like... Um, uh, seeing seeing something from another perspective and so and it i did one lesson on um heavy burdens that you carry there's a really sweet picture book that i used for that and how do you break up a task so that it doesn't seem overwhelming so those kind of lessons and then and then with the other perspective like how do you calm somebody down um you know who who might be stressed or distressed really uh, and you know, their, their level of anxiety is really high. And how do you even notice that? Mm -hmm. So I teach them about, I teach them using different colored glasses like this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> For those so, of you who are listening, Margaret just put some funky glasses on. <laughs> yeah. So I get these at the dollar store and this is how I teach the students at school as well when I could still go in. Um, and so, you know, I get them funny glass and they say we all look at the world through colored lenses we're just not aware of it and the longer we wear those lenses the less we realize we have colored lenses on mm. and it's so i'll just give you an example like um you know we don't see red cars on the road much until we buy one and then we see them everywhere <laughs> 
right? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And the same thing, um, when we're really young, we, we, as human beings, we make decisions about ourselves because of something that happens that is beyond our control. And that is us putting a, a set of lenses on. So it might be like, I'm not lovable. Mm. Often kids, you know, it, it's tough stuff or I'm not smart enough. Um, there's, there's some of these things. And so I had the, I'm not smart enough lens on for decades before I learned how to deal with this. And so I was going around with this bias all my life, looking for evidence to prove that I wasn't smart enough. I didn't know I was doing that, but I was doing that. And somebody else will be looking at the world differently. Like, let me just give you an example, a different example. Um, cause I think it's neat when you, when I use like the parent child. So, um, I have an I'm, example. I'm doing a deep dive right now, trying to determine what, what, uh, what my, my glasses look like. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So I got it. So maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll, uh, wrap that no. up. No, 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 go ahead. No, I think yeah. it's, I think all parents should be doing that right now. What, what is, what yeah. is it? That's right. What is your lens? Right. And Which realize time? that your children also wear lenses. They also have biases and they ignore things that go, that are to the contrary of their lenses. And when two people have uh, an argument or, you know, um, then one is looking through their lens and the other is looking through their lens. And if one person doesn't take their lenses off and try and see uh, through the other lenses just for a moment, there can be like nothing. Nothing is resolved. Hard feelings form. Life goes on. They decide to do the silent treatment or, or there's sparks every time they talk to each other. So all it really takes is one person to remove their lenses for a moment and sincerely get what the other person is saying. And for that, and this is also in the Deep Learning at Home series because kids can do this, I've created a poster with an information sheet to help people get that and how to do it. There's a little script in there. So when we, when we start, you know, looking through our lenses and think that we're seeing a lion, that's when our amygdala or that, you know, fight, flight or freeze part of our brain takes over. Then we're going to either withdraw completely or we're going to, and so that's when people get the silent treatment or we're going to, you know, inflame things every time we see that person. When really in reality, because our biases are not reality, we might be looking at a kitten. And the other person can actually get them to the point of realizing, oh, you know, I'm not really the lion. I'm really the kitten. And there's a script to do that by. So even kids can learn that. And it's super powerful. Oh, I want to go over right now and get that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> right now, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm on it. <laughs> it's free. The Deep Learning at Home series is free for as long as COVID is on. Oh, oh, that's yeah. so, that's just wonderful of you, of you, Margaret, your true sense of giving, giving and trying to help as many people through this as possible. You know, so regardless of what our experiences have been, we, we all have lived something in our life that, you, you know, takes us aback and makes us think differently and do things differently. Yeah, for sure. Like um, people who are helping others right now, right? They may not have lived this COVID experience that you're having. Uh, I, for example, I do have a son 
but he's 25 right now. So, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I'm a teacher, so I feel very connected to younger children still, even though he's grown up, but I have gone through distress uh, big time in my life and have needed to um, really work through it in order to be in a position where I can help other people going through distress right now. So I think it's important for people to keep that in mind. You know, it's easy to think, well, you know, nobody's been through COVID or pandemic, so how would anybody be able to help me? But that isn't the case. This is a human experience, distresses. And some people have experienced more of that, even pre-COVID, than others. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of those have had an opportunity to work through it, like I did with years of training and life coaching and reading. And those are the people in a position to help, even though they haven't experienced COVID stress. You know, and we, we, we'd like to think that the light is at, at the end of the tunnel. Vaccines are starting to roll out. But we all know there's many, many more months. And even when we go back to the new normal, let's say sometime next fall, let's even say a year from now, the new normal will be very different. And everything that everyone has experienced over this last year, year and a half, two years, whatever it's going to be, is going to change the way we do things and perceive things forever. And so it should. And there's been many traumas that have been experienced by parents, by guardians, by children, by everyone in our community because of what this pandemic has done. So, you know, we can think about that light at the end of the tunnel, but we have to always be grounded in what's going to change because of this from now on forever. Yes. And um, what I'm seeing, I don't know what you're seeing, but what I'm seeing is um, for people who are open, they are um, much more appreciative of the humanness in others. And I know that not everyone is at that point yet, but I think that's what's going to happen. That human to human connection versus, you know, in North America, how we have this individualistic um, mindset. We need each other as people, as human beings. And um, in other cultures, um, they've known that, I believe, to a higher degree than I've experienced in North America. But I think that would be one of the good things that comes out of this and is already starting to happen. And, and Margaret, you speak from experience because you have delivered programs in countries around the world. So Yes, and in my country of, my home country is Holland. And so I had the opportunity to do that just before COVID. I, I did teaching um, in the classrooms, demonstration lessons there in my first language and also uh, a number of teacher workshops um, there for staff and they're all over this social and emotional learning. And that culture is already much more connected than I find we are in our overall attitude here in North America. But I think that's changing and I think- I hope so. I embrace that. I see signs of it. Uh, the pendulum is swimming, swinging back. <laughs> Thank goodness. I am seeing signs of it. But again, it, it, it's got to continue. So Margaret has programs where she's been supporting educators for quite some time, but has also worked with corporations in terms of employee development. Let's talk a little bit about that, Margaret, and what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. So I, I serve three different markets, really. Um, the, the parents, because, yep, the parents are really important in this game and the teachers and the educators, but also the leadership teams. So not just in education circles, but I'm branching out into, um, into offering programs for uh, team leaders 
in organizations, could be corporate, could be community clubs, it could be anything, because I believe that this education has to get out there. And I feel privileged to have had the opportunity to work through years of training in, and now I've, I feel responsible to do something with that. And I know that if everybody had the, the, the kind of training that I've been talking about in this podcast, um, the world would be a different place and a much better place. And we'd be more connected as human beings with our families. Our leadership teams would be serving uh, you know, in the way that they need to. And a lot of them want to. They just don't know how. Well, your tentacles are reaching far distances, as we said earlier, around the world. And so, so Margaret, I'm sure there are parents right now that want to jump on and find deep learning at home. Where can they go? They can just go to the website. Um, just, just my name, www.margaretborsma.com. And Borsma is spelled B-O-E-R-S-M-A. And it is, it'll pop up after a few seconds of being on that page. And then you just have to sign up. And if you're interested in, uh, in a program, I have a program for parents. It's uh, eight to 10 weeks. Um, it was two separate programs, so I'm thinking, but it's one hour a week. Um, if you're interested, then all they have to do is uh, email me and my contact form is right on the website and express their interest. And when they do that, I will send them the information sheet and the poster that I was talking about earlier. And then they'll have it, they can hang it on their fridge, this printed, it's a PDF. Or they can put it in their classrooms if they're parents or teachers. So um, yeah, that's, and then once I get enough parents together to express interest, I will reach out and let them know when the next program is. Margaret, you've been, uh, you've been proactive, you've been responsive. I mean, I don't know anyone who isn't struggling to some degree with something that's changed in their lives as a result of the stay at home order, employment, business owners, entrepreneurs, it just, it just reaches, it just reaches so far. And social emotional learning, although we've talked about it today in the context of parents and children at home is much, much deeper. So if we could all learn some of those strategies, the world would continue to um, move towards being a more empathetic and connected place, yeah. right? Yeah. And we would move towards thriving Mm -hmm. That state that I talked about, right? Yes. So we can all go from surviving to thriving. <laughs> yes. That's the name of my program for parents from surviving to thriving. So should you decide to do it, you can even find the explanation of that uh, on the website as well. So well, it's been my pleasure to get to know you and uh, congratulations as the first guest who's come back for a second appearance. <laughs> Aww, I'm taking it home. And uh, maybe we'll see you again every year, once per year, because you're constantly changing what you're offering to people based on what you know and see as the need. And, and that is, um, that's really quite remarkable, Margaret. Thank you. And thank you for having me. All right. I, I really appreciate that. It helps to get the word out and we can make a difference together. All right, everyone, as, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, um, Taking the Helm is one of the few podcasts that you can watch in video as well. It's on my YouTube channel, published every Wednesday. Just look for Lynn McLaughlin, Taking the Helm. Or if you prefer audio, you can find us on any podcast app. And archives of every single interview, including your original one, Margaret, are on my website at lynnmclaughlin.com. Just go to media and you'll find them all. Now, the Kids Help phone in Canada is one 800 668 6868. 
and you can get a counselor by text, by phone, by messenger, or by live chat. And if you're looking for a helpline in the United States or elsewhere in the world, go to http colon slash slash worldhelplines.org slash USA dot html. And with that, we always end in the same way. Stay healthy and safe, everyone. Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.